All right, turn in your Bibles, please, to Romans chapter 8, and we'll begin with verse 1. Last week, last Sunday night, I preached on the escort to heaven, the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit prompted me and told me to preach this whole chapter. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to be preaching on the Spirit life. And this morning, the title is The Deliverance of the Spiritual Life. You know, God can deliver you. From a life of the flesh. He can deliver you from the pit of hell. He can deliver you from living beneath your God-given privilege. And if you're not saved, you're living way beneath your intended purpose. And that is to live a spirit-filled life. Now let me just explain something real quick. Being saved is not coming down and signing a card and joining a church. Being saved is not being baptized, capsized, or simonized. There's some people who have been baptized so many times in Dalton, Georgia, that they have webbed feet and webbed hands, amen? I mean, they could swim in every baptistry in town. That doesn't save you. Uh, matter of fact, you can be in the flesh and be religious because the flesh is always trying to gratify itself and trying to attain a way to heaven. That's religion. But I'll tell you something, friend. You can never be saved unless you receive the Spirit of God. And at the point of salvation, I'll prove that this study, you're saved, 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 past tense, present tense, and future tense, because the Spirit of God lives within you. The Holy Spirit lives within you. Think about it. And folks, I want to tell you something. The Holy Spirit delivers you. Tonight, I'll be preaching on He, 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 there, he differs you. He makes you different. The difference that the Holy Spirit makes. So I want to preach a few messages Maybe many, and I don't know how many weeks it'll go, but I don't really uh, care as long as we get the Word of God preached thoroughly on the spirit life, the spirit life. The Bible says you must be born of the Spirit. How many agree with me that the salvation is a spiritual experience? Amen. Amen. When I was carnal or lost, or maybe not lost, just just didn't have the convictions I have today. I went to the movies and saw The Exorcist. And this was a, a movie where this head turned all the way around and this deep voice spoke. And, and I thought, man, this is really something. And I remember one time on a bus route, I visited a girl that was demon-possessed. And she threw me and my partner across the room. She was demon-possessed. She spoke in a deep voice. So listen, it's not just Hollywood. There is demon possession. But I won't give you the opposite extreme. There's spirit, spiritually possessed possession. The demons uh, possess you to do some terrible devilish things, uh, like try to change your gender, kill a baby, um, do other things, like uh, assault a man's reputation over 40 years. That's demon possession. But I want to tell you what spiritual possession is. He possesses you to love. He possesses you to have faith. He possesses you to have joy and peace and temperance and meekness. You don't get that by getting religious. Matter of fact, religious people are miserable. You ever been in a religious service? It's the most boring, miserable thing I've ever been in my life. God help us not just to be religious. That's flesh. Flesh trying to get good enough to be saved. 
that's religion. But thank God a relationship is the Spirit of God convicts you you can't save yourself, that you're nothing but a low-down sinner. And if you don't believe that, go back to Sunday school. You're, you're, you're a sinner that's repulsive, and sin is exceedingly sinful. And the only way to get remedy and deliverance from that kind of life is be born of the Spirit. So now I said all that, stand in, the, in honor of the Word of God, and we're going to read verses 1 through 4. And that's what we're going to cover this morning, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. Amen. And tonight at 540, I expect every one of you to be in the prayer room. We ought to divide up and have a ladies' prayer room and a men's prayer room. We'll have so many people come. Because there's a six-year-old loved one, Miss Nancy Stancils, that's in the hospital with COVID. Somebody needs to pray for that little fellow. Amen? We ought to pray for people like they're part of our family. And if they were part of your family, you'd be in the prayer room. Amen? We ought to pray for Chris Hanks tonight at 540. He's a great scriptural preacher. He knows he memorized more scripture than I can read. But I want to tell you something, without the Spirit, he's a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. We need to pray. We need to pray for revival. It's easy to preach about revival, but it's another thing to pray about revival. If you really want revival, you'll be in the prayer room tonight, praying in the Spirit, escorted by the Holy Ghost into His presence. There is therefore now no condemnation. I want you to run... Circle that word now. To them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the what? The who? The Spirit. It says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemn sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, the, that who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. The Spirit life will deliver you. You may be seated unless you'd rather stand the whole sermon. And let's pray. Amen. Father God, thank you for the good song service. Thank you for Brother Jason's adaptability in the last minute. Pray that you'd heal Brother Jeremy. He'll be back with us very soon. God, I thank you, dear God, for, again, Billy and Teresa being here. God, I can't imagine how they feel because I've never been there, but you have. And so, Holy Ghost, comfort them. And comfort all our hearts, dear God, this morning that we have a spiritual relationship with the living God because at the moment we cried out as a lost sinner to save us, you came in and you inhabited us and you indwelled us. And God, may we be filled and controlled by your spirit every day to magnify your righteousness is our prayer in Jesus' name. Save someone that's lost this morning, please. And God, help us all not to leave here in the flesh, worried about the time and worried about our flesh, worried about what we're going to accomplish and worried about our week. But God, may we leave here in the Spirit concerned about your glory. In Jesus' precious name, and for your glory we preach, amen.
How many would agree with me that there's a difference in a person that's saved and a person that's lost? Say amen. I, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away, behold, all things come new. But I'm going to tell you why all things should be new. Because the Spirit of God has come into your life. You are a spiritual being. And folks, I'm going to tell you something. We're made up of body and, uh, and, uh, and soul and spirit. And I won't get into all that. But I want to tell you something. The Bible promises us that when we get saved, the Spirit of God comes in our life. There is no second blessing <clears throat> called the baptism of the Holy Ghost after you're saved for Him to come into your life. If He's not in your life, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, you're not saved. Look at verse 9. It says, so then that they're in the flesh cannot please God, but you are not in the flesh, but are in the Spirit, and so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. That's pretty clear, isn't it? If, you're not, if, you're not, if you don't have the Spirit of God in your life, you're not saved. Oh, don't, don't I need to speak in tongues? Don't I need to heal? Don't I need to do miracles? No, you need to act like Jesus. That's the evidence of being saved. Say amen. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, 13 for a proof text that the Holy Spirit comes into your life and baptize you into the body of Christ the moment you get saved. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and look at verse 13. The Bible says, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. That's the body of Christ. And that's not water baptism, that's Holy Ghost baptism. It says this, Whether we are Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. The Bible says the spirit baptizes us, brings us in to the body of Christ the moment we get saved. Look at John chapter 14 real quick. John chapter 14. And look at verse uh, 16, please. John 14, 16. The Bible says this. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. That's a proof text. You cannot lose your salvation. If you do, you've lost the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost ain't leaving. Now, he's quenched. He's insulted. He is uh, um, smothered by your selfishness and your flesh. And there's a warfare going in on your life all the time. It's the battle of the flesh and the spirit. Flesh and the spirit. You say, which one wins? The one you feed the most. And the one you yield to. See, the Christian life is not willing and dealing in the flesh. It's yielding to the spirit. I'm excited about this chapter. I'm excited because I know what's ahead a little bit. But I'll tell you this, friend. I'm excited the Holy Spirit doesn't leave us. Look at verse 17, John 14. It says, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. And look at verse 18. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Now in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came and went. That's why David prayed, Lord, don't take the Holy Spirit away from me. That's why Samson said, I wish not that the Spirit of God had departed from me. But I want to tell you something. When Jesus ascended and the Holy Ghost descended, every believer that's indwelled by the Spirit of God has a promise. He will never 
leave you. He'll never leave you. These people think they have to maintain a fleshly effort to stay saved is banking on too much of the flesh instead of the spirit. And only spirit can even give you faith to believe. And so, folks, we cannot save ourselves by our goodness. We cannot save ourselves by our religious works. We're saved by the grace of God. Plus nothing, minus nothing. It's all because of Calvary. So this whole chapter, chapter 8, and I dealt a little bit about the spiritual, praying in the Spirit, praying in the Holy Ghost last week. That's when the Holy Ghost told me, back up to verse 1 and preach a while. So I will. Folks, it's about the deliverance of the Spirit life. You're delivered. You're delivered from... Uh, Three areas in your life. The flesh, the world, and the devil. Note that. That's your three enemies. The flesh, the world, and the devil. Not only the grace of God deliver you from sin, He delivers you from yourself. And the only way you can have victory over yourself is by the Spirit of God. So let's go, let's go into this chapter. Are you excited? I hope you are. If you are, you'll be back tonight because I'm preaching part two. And you better be glad I'm preaching part two or we'd be here all afternoon. And we can't have dinner on the grounds. That's Tuesday. And, I, and we're going to do that with reservations. Look at um, verse one. It says, verse one, Romans chapter one, eight, eight. There is therefore now no condemnation which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Number one, we see a promise. Thank God for the promise of the Word of God. And you know what that promise is? We'll not suffer the wrath of God one day in hell. And we don't have to suffer the wrath of the flesh and the world and the devil on this earth. Now there is no condemnation. So there's a promise. And that promise is... No more wrath, no more hell. No, we're delivered from the from the uh, future of hell, and we're delivered to live the heavenly life now. Look at John three thirty six. You knew I was going there because it's on the outline. Praise God! But John three thirty six, I still hadn't got it big enough for you. Amen. We're going to have large print wall. Amen. But anyway. This church may be, must be getting old. By the way, we have two children's churches going on right now. So, visitors, we do have children around here. We have, we thank God for every one of them. John chapter 3, verse 36, please. You know the verse, but I want, to, I want you to look at it. I want you to read it. The Bible says, He that believeth on the Son hath what? Everlasting life. How long is everlasting life? It's a pretty long time, isn't it? And he that believeth not the Son, of, son shall not see life. You won't see life. You won't experience life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. Unbelievers, you're headed for wrath. Believers, you're led by the Spirit. Amen? Thank God. Ephesians chapter 2. You know the, you know the verse that says we're dead in our sins and trespasses. And we walk according to the course of this world. That's what it says. When we walked according to the course of this world... According to the prince and power of the air, the devil's got you like a puppet. He's got strings to your life. He's controlling your every move. 
And the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. That's the flesh life. Among who also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh. For you saved, you just did what the flesh said. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh. They're wicked. And of the mind. And we're by nature the children of what? Wrath. Even as others. But I like the next verse. But God, who is rich in his mercy. And I like verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith. Not of works. Not of the flesh. Folks, it's not of yourself. It's a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Can you imagine if we prayed through enough? And if we kept the Ten Commandments enough? And if we was religious enough, what heaven would be like? It'd be one giant pat on the back. Well, I made it. I made it. I prayed through. I got baptized. I was religious. I did this. I did that. And the world would be like Romans 7, a bunch of eyes. When, thank God, when we get to heaven, it's going to be all the Lamb. It's going to be all glory. It's going to be all joy that we Know the Savior that died for our sins, rose three days later, up from the grave he arose and ascended 40 days later, and then the Holy Ghost descended and indwelled every believer for all that get saved. Number two, not only a promise, but I see a place. Note the words in verse one, in Christ. In Christ. Thank God we're in Christ. We're not in Baptist religion. We're not some uh, in uh, uh, ourselves good enough. Folks, you can be in church and die lost. Come on. Some of you almost did that. Thank God you got saved. Say amen right there, Brother Randy and Brother Daryl. Sitting on the back row for some reason. Thank God. Hey, friend, listen. Saved at church after being a church member, after being a preacher's son. Folks, listen, no longer are we lost sinners living under the condemnation. But praise God, we're saved because of the Lamb. He took our place. In Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, y'all know the verse, but turn there anyway, okay? And I want you to see in Hebrews 7, verse 25, some scripture. It says, wherefore he is able also to save them to the what? Uttermost. I like that song, don't you? We haven't sung that in 20 years. Save to the uttermost. Nah, I forgot the rest of the words. Anyway, <laughs> that coming to God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Folks, it says he's able to save us to the uttermost. Does that mean we live like the devil and slide into heaven like a, Stolen base? No! It means we have heavenly joy, heavenly peace, heavenly purpose, heavenly power Amen. are in God's heavenly plan called the Holy Ghost, Amen. the Holy Spirit. Folks, listen, John chapter 10, turn back there with me, please. John chapter 10, verse 28. Let's go back to verse 27, please. The Bible says, yo there, say amen. Wave your Bible at me. Throw your cell phone at me. Do something. Amen. But look, it says in uh, John 10, 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I want to say something. I want to say it very clearly. If you're saved, you follow God. 
If you're not saved, you follow the world. If you're saved, you follow the Spirit. You don't follow the flesh all the time. I'm not saying you can't slip up. Noah got drunk. Peter cursed. And Abraham lied, but they weren't liars and they weren't cursers and they weren't drunkards. Come on. Sin was an exception, not a profession. Amen. Come on now. So if we're in Christ, we're in good hands. And it's not all state either, praise God. It's Christ. Look at verse 28. I'll show you the hands. And I give unto them eternal life. Can you say that with me, class? Make me feel like a TV evangelist. Eternal life. Say it again, TV audience. Eternal life. Eternal life. That's How long is eternal life? A long, long time. I, that makes me smile. I didn't feel like smiling when I came in here. I really didn't. Collar was too tight. It was 18 and a half. I can't understand that. Um, I didn't feel good. I felt like 70. Somebody said, why are you getting out of the car so long, so slow? I said, because I'm tired. <laughs> I might be old. I don't know. But I'll tell you this one thing. I, I'm going to live forever. And look at verse 28. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. How long's never? It's a long time. And you're never going to perish. But look at this. Neither shall any man pluck them out of your hand. Somebody said, well, you can pluck yourself out of your hand out of his hand. Who wants to? And by the way, how can you pluck yourself out of God's hand when you're one of the fingers? You're part of the body of Christ, aren't you? Now folks, listen, eternal security is not living like you want to. There's the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost is inside of your life, you don't want to. And then when you do, the Holy Ghost speaks to you. And folks, without conviction, you're in trouble and I want to say this, if you're converted without conviction, you're not saved. Because there's something about the Holy Spirit that bugs a Christian. I mean, really bugs them. That's called makes them uncomfortable. The lack of peace. Let the peace of God rule in your heart, Colossians 3.15. Come on. So if you can live any way you want to, and you can live like the flesh and the devil and the world, mark it down right now, you're not saved. I mean, if you live that way every day of your life, well, I got saved when I was six years old on the backside of the desert, and I remember the time they drug me down the aisle, and I said some little prayer, and I got in. Well, that's a good experience, but I want to tell you something. If you ain't walked, walked it since then, you better check up. If you don't feel and sense the Spirit of God in your heart, you better check up. I'm going to tell you something. He that hath the Son of has the Spirit of God is saved. He that hath not the Spirit of God is not saved. That's rephrased in 1 John 5, 12. He that hath not the Son of God is not saved. Folks, listen, but if you have the Son of God, you are saved. And if you have the Son of God, you got the rest of them too. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit comes in your life. Therefore, there's now no condemnation. Why? Because you're in Christ. Not because you're in church. Anybody can go to church. Some people go to church because they're guilty. Some people go to church because they ain't got nothing else to do. Some people go to church like my daddy did. He wanted to eat Sunday meal. And mother wouldn't cook for him unless he got up and went to church. I went to church because I was a kid and I knew my mother would kill me if I didn't go. And I wanted to live, amen. And I wanted some peace. My mother was the Holy Ghost to me before I got saved. 
Amen. And a little bit after I got saved, she was on me. Amen. I thank God for it. So we got a promise, we got a place, and I want to show you the proof. And here's where a lot of people think this is not in the original manuscripts. Well, I got another thought for you. For you it is. It says this. Last phrase, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now let me, let me, let me read the whole verse. There is therefore now no condemnation. Y'all ready to take your time through Romans 8? I mean, will you come back tonight? If you're not, I'm going to finish the whole thing. We'll be here three hours. Will you come back tonight? Shake your little head, yes. Okay, I'm going to cut it off then at about 12, 13. But look at this. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now folks, this is not, let me repeat, a conditional statement. In other words, you're not going to face condemnation if you do certain things. If you walk uh, after the Spirit, not after the flesh. People want you to believe that. Don't believe it for a minute. That you have to even walk or do anything to be saved. But I want to tell you something, folks. This is proof that you're saved. You hear me now? You want to, if you want to know if you're saved, there's a big difference. I'll preach on it tonight. Or no, I'll, I'll preach on it right now. Uh, folks, it's, 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 it's a conditional statement. Uh, no. It's a statement of fact. When you're saved, you walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Let me say this and say it clearly. When you get saved, God puts in your heart a new desire. You want to come to church. You want to read your Bible. You want to love. You want to be kind. You want to be a good husband. You want to be a good wife. You want to be a good child of God. If you have no want to, you better get your wanter corrected. Because you're in the flesh. And you're lost. I'm not trying to talk you out of anything. But I want to say this, friend. The Spirit of God ought to talk you into assurance of your salvation. Because when you got saved, your life changed. I have people come to me all the time. Oh, especially when they hear a preacher's testimony like they heard Tuesday night. Oh, I don't guess I'm saved. If he wasn't saved all these years, I, I wonder if I prayed long enough. I wonder if I prayed hard enough. I wonder if I really meant it. I'm going to tell you how you can do, get all the doubts erased. After you walked out of the church, you might have been two years old. No, probably not. Five, six years old. Uh, Miss Hannah was saved in the Sparkies or the Cubbies or one of those clubs. Miss Carolyn, what was it? I don't know. Cubbies. And she got in front of her Bible, led to the Lord by Miss Carolyn Stiles. Amen. She's five years old, right, Brother Billy? Is that right? Five, five. But she was in church from the day she was in church uh, from the day she was born, to probably from the day she was conceived. And she learned it and learned it and learned it. But I want to tell you something, friend. It's hard to look back that long ago and say, well, I was definitely saved because I prayed through. No, you, you don't pray through. You pray to. Jesus prayed through. I don't know where we got that term. You know, I got to hold on. I got to get low. I got to get high. People gather around you and say, get down, get up, get in. And you won't know what to do if you, lead, if you let the, the, that crowd lead you. Speak in tongues, shout, cry, panic, pout. You don't know where to turn. 
But I want to tell you something, friend. If you come believing that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again, and you are in Christ, when you walk out of this church, you have a new want to. That's the evidence of salvation. They'll, you'll be known by your what? Fruit. And no fruit, no roots. Is that as simple as it can be? But it's as spiritual as it can be. When you get saved, the Spirit of God lives, lives, lives within you. Now you ought to nurture him. You ought to yield to him. You ought to feed him. And the, and the key word I believe in the Christian life is found back in Romans chapter 6. You ought to yield to him. You don't work your, out your salvation. You don't get in because you got so low. You get in because Jesus Christ came to this earth and died in your place. And now you can be in Christ. And so if you've had a new want to all these years, don't doubt your salvation. If you want to go to church all these years, don't doubt your salvation. Hey, friend, if you want to read the Bible and be more like Jesus, don't doubt your salvation because the flesh doesn't like any of that. But the Holy Ghost loves all that. And he's in your life saying, that's wrong. He's sitting there saying, Jesus is right. He's in there singing a song. He's still on the throne. We shall sing that Tuesday night. It's my favorite song. Because he is still on the throne. When all this junk's going on, everything's falling apart, he's still on the throne. When Americans can't even get out of a place after fighting a war over there for 20 years, he's still on the throne. When people are dying in the streets, he's still on the throne. When people are uh, going cold on God and not coming back to church, but every third Easter, he's still on the throne. Now, I'm not going to let some backslider or some carnal person tell me he's not because of the way they live. Because my Lord lives. He lives within my heart. And so I've got a lot out of verse 1. I've got a whole lot out of verse 1 because I want to tell you something, folks. You're only saved in Christ Jesus. And the evidence of being saved, hallelujah, is that the Spirit of God Oh, yes, the Spirit of God walks and loves and testifies and convicts and loves, I already said that, and lives through your life. Father, use this message this morning. Thank you, dear God, for just the start of Romans chapter 8. I can't wait to the night. I'm anticipating you teaching us some more truths from this powerful chapter. God, deliver us from ourself and deliver us from this world. And definitely, dear God, deliver us from the demons of this world and the devil of this world. And God, help us to live deliberately, disciplined, but delightfully in your spirit. God, thank you. When I prayed as a son of a drunk that had nothing to offer anybody, unqualified to be saved, you qualified me by the Holy Ghost conviction and the Holy Ghost conversion and the Holy Ghost moving in and living in my little old life. And Lord, what a journey it's been. 
God, what a what a beautiful life it's been. What a walk. What a talk. What a life with you made possible. Not by religion. And not by my little self-effort. But God made possible by the Holy Spirit that abides and lives forever in my heart. Come Holy Spirit, revive the church again. Come Holy Spirit and revive this preacher again. And come Holy Spirit to every lost person in this room that's banking on religion, banking on their self-effort, banking on what they can do and what they can get right. And God, I pray that you'd bring them into Holy Ghost conviction to realize there's no way except through Jesus' blood, the death, the burial, and the resurrection, and praise God, the ascension and the descension of the Spirit of God into our lives when we get saved.